Welcome to Fast Cars, Fast Girls. We are your IndyCar experience. And this week, our annual President's Day episode, we have our favorite president, Doug Bowles. Woo! Woo! I'm excited to be here again. This is uh this is fun. And you have you have a new tagline since last time. The the we are the IndyCar your IndyCar experience I think is new, right? It is. I, have I just missed that forever? No, it, no we did not new. have this at this time last year. That's exciting. It yeah. was um a suggestion actually from Charles Hilliker. <laughs> he, he said that we we needed a um a tagline uh-huh. after, you know, Fast Cars, Fast Girls and he and his example was you know, like this is CNN, or you know, something like that. He's like, you need something bold. So, well, and and anybody that knows you both and has been around you at an event, especially where you can camp out, know that bold is certainly <laughs> a, a little name for the for both of you with the the, the uh, camping setups that you guys have and the uh, um, the fun people that you attract to them. Um, so I think. <laughs> We are the IndyCar experience. Probably is a is, is a fitting tagline. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank we you. we try to make it so. <laughs> we try to describe all parts of the race weekends for people who can't go in person. <laughs> and at least hopefully next time like they, they do come. Yep. It's, it's funny though. You know, you think about that, and you know, we can't we can't do at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway like what a Mid Ohio or Road America or some of the you know, permanent road courses can do just because we weren't designed to have that, that camping experience really that you have at those other events. And it's, it's a shame in a lot of ways that fans don't get to experience an Indy 500, I mean, an Indy car event the way that you guys do when you go on the road, because it's more than, it really is more than what's happening on the track. And you guys have created such friendships with so many of the fans and how much fun fans have, you know, hanging out and enjoying the atmosphere. It's really not just about what's on track and it's what makes, you know, following the IndyCar circuit so, so fun. And even, even skipping and going to a 24 hour Daytona race and some of the things with the same IndyCar fans. Uh, I wish um, other fans that, that just think you buy a ticket and sit in the grandstands at a certain mm-hmm. event ought to, ought to try and experience it the way that you guys have. Well, thank I, you. I agree. But yeah, thank yeah. you very much. Um, but yeah, it is it is so much more than just what's going on track. And you know, our friends that we've made through IndyCar, we just call our race family now. You know, it's 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 like we've crossed. We're, we're way beyond friends at this point. We are, you know, because when you camp next to somebody, that is, uh, I say that's a whole new level of friendship. Um, yeah, for sure. Yep. <laughs> um, so, but it it really does it. It makes the race. For instance, two years ago at Iowa, when the race finished up at whatever, two o'clock in the morning, and there was that tornado that came through, you know, we had four friends with us, and we laughed about how, you know, objectively, it was like the worst race weekend ever. You know, it was a thousand degrees every day, and then we had a tornado, basically, Um, and then, you know, it took forever to clean off the track and the race ran super late and everybody's exhausted. Our tent was destroyed. Um, but we had so much fun and we just laughed our butts off the whole weekend and it ended up being one of our favorite weekends just because of the group that we had. Yeah, that, you know, it's true. And then I remember I didn't get a chance to go that weekend, but our youngest Carter went and actually went with my dad and they, they drove over and, and just trying to stay in touch with them that whole, especially, you know, that, that day when the, 
when everybody didn't think the race was going to get in and then it got in the middle of the night and, and uh, I can't imagine hanging out in a tent as all that was going through. Cause you're right. If you spent two days just sweating and then all the next thing, you know, you're trying to hold down your tent from blowing away and freezing and it's craziness. <laughs> we went out to eat one of the days to a, a local bar called the checkered flag. It seems fitting. And we picked them specifically because they advertised they had air conditioning. It was broken. <laughs> yeah, turns out they, they did. We walked but, in. Know. We walk inside and we see the exact same fan that we have at our campsite. That's funny. And we were just like, "All right, so I guess we're just not going to get AC." <laughs> Doomed yeah, from the start, but. <laughs> oh, but yeah. Oh. Well, in the yeah, I say in other campers, because Molly is the perfect DJ for um, rainy events. Um, she any song that has to do with rain, you know, at all, um, or you know, sunshine, etc., rainbows. And at one point, we had the entire campground singing "Somewhere Over the Rainbow." That's the best. That's fun. I'm serious though. I mean, that is part of what makes you know following the IndyCar series fun is it, are those moments when on track isn't going on and you can camp at the mm-hmm. facility and you know you're hanging out with a bunch of other people that that love the same sport that you do and you do make you do make friendships that you know you you never would have expected to make just because of that that common bond and it it does you know like I said it is the thing that I think you know I wish we could do and we tried to replicate it a little bit with the IndyCar Grand Prix having some camping in, inside for that event but it's just not the same as a facility where you can line the whole place with, you know, with campers and tents and uh, yeah. it's, it's just, we're just not designed for that. But that is part of what makes, you know, travel on the road to an, uh, to an NTT IndyCar series uh, race so much fun. And then you see the same people then at the next race and, or, or you, yeah. or, or like I said, you guys all figure out who, who likes going and, and you get a group of you that goes to a 24 hour race and you buy couches on Craigslist. And <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I have more fun. I have more fun going to races and hanging out with fans because of that, really, than even watching the race. It's it's a blast. It is. It is. I think. Well, and I think you know there is some you know some camping around IMS, but yeah, it's not quite the same. But yeah, I say we we know some people in Lot Two that have a really great time camping. <laughs> well, for, and and the, but the camping experience is completely different here, and it and it mm-hmm. is fun, but it, there's just something about being in the woods at at uh, Mid Ohio or up on the hill, you know, at the um, you know at Road America, those are those are yeah. uh, those are fun experiences. They are, they are, and hopefully next yeah. or this upcoming season we can get back to the full experience. <laughs> I mean, it was there last year, but you know, uh, fingers crossed. No, I think I think we're all hopeful for that. I mean, I, I think. You know, Jay and everybody at the IndyCar Series did a great job of getting our racing in uh, last year so that we Absolutely, could at least yeah. you know, watch it at home. And, and even some of the events where we, we were able to have fans, and we were thrilled to have the few amount of fans that we were allowed to have here in October when we raced alongside our GT Challenge event that went on here. But um, And that was a great weekend, by the way. We had so much fun. You know, yeah. I, I agree. It was a lot of fun, and it's one that, you know, obviously isn't on the schedule for this year, but it's certainly – uh, well, the GT Challenge is on the schedule, but the uh, IndyCar component of it isn't at this mo- at this point. And hopefully, hopefully we don't need it as a as a place for IndyCar races because we get everything in. But you know, I guess presumably if you needed it, it, we'd be here. But 
we got a lot of great fan feedback from that just because, you know, it was the fall. It was the weather was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, the racing, especially the Friday race. Was an out was you know an outstanding race and honestly I thought it was fun seeing all the the, the GT cars out on track too. It was a lot of lot of great content and and you know I think obviously we were all desperate to hang out at our favorite place on earth with a lot of our closest friends and we just hadn't been able to do that all year. So that was it was kind of the uh, the one moment we got to be in our happy place. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I think it was kind of that. I, I'm I'm sure for us fans it was super important. I can only imagine how important it was for for you all to be like finally we can put on an event. We'll have people here. You know the videos of of, of you and and Roger um, welcoming people in is just so special to see, um, especially with everything. So it was a great event. <laughs> that was so I've been here ten years and three months and two days, three days. Ten years, three months, and three days. Um, and I would say that that moment of opening the gates for the Harvest events with Roger was a top five moment that I would that I could say that I've had here, just because he was so excited to let fans in, and and then the fans were so excited that Roger opened the gate and Roger walked down the line and fist bumped or elbow bumped you know, everybody that was out there and just to see, you know, the smile on his face, but also, you know, the, just the excitement that the fans had, they were, they were getting to come in and that, you know, obviously Roger is nothing but pure class. And the uh, fact that, that he did that, I think just solidified that for folks that here's a guy that understands that we don't get to have these races without the fans, especially those mm-hmm. fans that are you know willing to stand in line. And, and as soon as you open the gates up, be the, be the first to come in. So, it was a it was a really really neat moment to just really watch him and then watch the just the interaction you know the fans had with him and how you know how much fun he had so I'm hoping like all of us that we can do that for the 500 so that we can uh, I, I can't wait for people to sit in the paddock and check out the new video boards that are that are there for those folks that sit in the paddock and I can't wait I can't wait for a practice day when. We're all standing around in Pagoda Plaza and that 100-foot board that people haven't gotten to experience yet. And just the, the music and the video and the, and the NTT data that it pushes through. And it's uh, and we, it's so weird last year to have all this stuff here and not be able to share it. And, and that's, you know, really sharing the experience is why we all love the 500 anyway. And, and uh, I, I just can't wait. I know Roger can't wait either. Oh, I'm sure. We, we sure. can't well, wait either if that doesn't. <laughs> okay, we, yeah, we really can't. Um, well, in, in addition to, you know, just, you know, it, Roger Prinsky just being a class act, what I love the most about him and the IMS is that I think even people who, you know, weren't necessarily Team Penske fans can appreciate that he has just the biggest grin on his face when he's there. Like, he's a kid in a candy shop. Um, you know, and and when, you know, it was announced last year, you know, he basically said that it was like his dream and he felt like a little kid. Um, and I think that that excitement shows through as well. And so it's like even if, you know, you didn't root for his drivers, you can't help but like the guy because deep down he's just a race fan like the rest of us. And that that's exactly true. I mean, there are people, you know, that the Penske team wins a, a lot, so people don't like teams that win a lot, right? So you want the underdog or the or 
you know, your driver doesn't drive for, for Penske, so you root for somebody else. But at the end of the day, he cares about this place just like every one of the other, you know, our fans do. And he wants the experience to be better. And the fun part, I think, for us, the Speedway, if you think about the 50-plus years that Roger's been competing here, most of his experience at the Speedway has been between the garage area and and pit lane, right? And with the occasional trip to, to victory lane, and he hasn't been able to experience the race like a fan. And so a lot of what we were doing leading into the 500 before we had it was walking through the fan experience with Roger and him saying, well, let's fix this for the fan and let's fix this for the fan. And he just couldn't wait to see a lot of that stuff uh, in, in real application when we, when we were able to get fans here. So I think the, the excitement that he has right now will be even more so when, when he can do it with fans and, and, one day we were touring the uh, he's got seats he's got seats everywhere here over the years he's he's got a ton of tickets and seats that he has but he's got some really really good seats in uh, the penthouse in turn in turn one fantastic fantastic seats and we were up one day and he said where are my seats up here so i called linda in the ticket office and linda and asked linda for to give me the section of seats where Roger's seats are. So we took Roger to his seats and he said, oh my gosh, this is better than a suite up here. I can't believe how good these seats are. And that fa- and fans get to experience this. And uh, it, it's um, it's neat for him to look at it through the eyes of a fan and really want it to be better for the fan and, and have to be able to step away from looking at it through the eyes of a competitor. I say that, and we also did some improvements in the garage area and some other things that were, were helpful for all the competitors. But the, the main focus has really been on Roger Penske looking at the Indianapolis 500 through the eyes of a fan and how does he make it better. And that's why we can't wait to have people here because we want the feedback and the ability to just continue to make it better year after year. Very cool. Absolutely. Very cool. Yeah, it was kind of just the worst timing ever with COVID. <laughs> no, it's it, – so it, well, it, it depends on how you look at it. It was the worst timing ever or maybe the best timing ever. In the sense that if you're Rogers, sure, it's it's not a not the best timing. But if you're because he, he, he's kind of an instant gratification kind of a guy. Like if he has a task, he wants it done ASAP. For, for sure, and that so for him, you know, that's frustrating. But as a fan, there's probably not a better time for COVID to hit than than when you know that Roger Penske is at the helm, and he's gonna oh. he's gonna find a way to navigate us through it, and, and literally. You know, I had a couple conversations with him that just that I'll, that I'll never forget, where he just talked it, where he should have been as down as anybody, and there never was a point where there wasn't that Roger Pinsky energy and that Roger Pinsky attitude of we're going to be fine. It's an opportunity, no matter how you look at it. It's an opportunity, and we're going to come out on the other side. Or you'd hear him say something like like. Um, well, we just hit the wall in turn one, but we're still a lap ahead, so we're good. I mean, it just the things he would say. He never, he has never once said, "Oh, this is terrible." He's always said, "We're we're gonna we're gonna win this." And so, you know, you know, do we want COVID? We wish it hadn't happened. No, we don't want it. Yes, we wish it hadn't happened. But if it was going to happen, um, having Roger Pinsky steering the ship is the time to have it happen. Absolutely true. No, it is. It this was. I think everybody knows it was a horrible year for all sorts of businesses and that he was like, it's cool. We're going to just get through this. That's, that's a big testament to him. And I think everybody else who, who works in the series, most, most definitely. Most definitely. Yeah. No, and I, you know, I talked a little bit 
few minutes ago about just Jay and his team and how they really figured out a way to, to make races happen. And, and, you know, frankly, a lot of the promoters, you know, did the same thing, figured out how to make sure that we had races happen when, happen when it might have been just as easy to fold the tent and say, we'll see you in, in 2021. And again, now a lot of that goes back to, you know, Roger's leadership and, and direction. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm just really encouraged about the, the future just because we've got a guy that, a guy that certainly cares about it, cares about our fans and, and uh, isn't letting uh, letting problems keep him from uh, getting us to the finish line. Absolutely. And look, uh, looking at, you know, Ford, you know, we're, we're getting kind of ready to start everything off. I'm, I'm suspect, I suspect that like the, the thing you're most excited about is like, all right, fans to the door at 2021. Um, is there something else, you know, what, what kind of, big things or big ideas you're really excited about you can't wait to, to do for 2021? Well, I, you touched, I mean, the biggest thing is just having fans here. Um, yeah. I, I, I think that's the biggest thing. And I'm really, really excited for people to see and experience, you know, the new video boards, uh, the, the George, Georgetown road, uh, it seems like it shouldn't be a, you know, it's just a widening of the backside of the grandstands, but I can't wait for people to experience what, I mean, I still every day when I walk uh, around the facility and I walk up north from the admin building, I still it just feels so much newer and nicer and hmm. you feel less constricted. Uh, so I think I, you know, I'm looking forward uh, forward to that and just getting the feedback uh, from the fans. I'm also honestly looking forward to our schedule a little bit this year. We we aren't doing quite as much. Um, on track activities we've done in the past. So like our SERA race, we're not going to do this year and our, that the champ car endurance race, we're not going to do and, and some of the other things. And I'm looking forward to, to that for the staff so that what we're really doing is just focusing on major events. So if you think about our schedule this year, uh, we've got May obviously with the uh, GMR Grand Prix and then, and then the Indy 500. And then June is basically a month where we're going to be able to reset the facility, get it cleaned up, get it ready uh, to, to move into July. And in July, we've got um, a Ferrari Challenge event, which I hope we can have fans for this year. Finally, it's a really fun weekend with, you know, Ferraris racing and, and then and then rolling into the Brickyard weekend and getting to have a triple header, not just a double header at the Speedway yeah. for fans to come enjoy. You didn't get to do that last year, right? That, to be able to see the road course, IndyCars and Xfinity and Cup, I think it's going to be an awful lot of fun. And then, and our fall is crazy. I mean, we've got a a Porsche weekend um, that I think will be another fun car weekend, racing weekend for fans, and then the SCCA runoffs, which we had here in 2017, are back. So oh yeah, seven hundred awesome. plus of the best. Yeah, seven hundred fifty plus of the best amateur drivers in the world here, and then uh, you know closing out with the GT Challenge and the Indy Eight Hour. It's uh, and, and then and then in in and amongst that is this Indy Autonomous Challenge that we've got going, and that'll that'll conclude October. So we've got a lot of real high profile events that I think will make uh will make for a lot of fun this year, but it's spaced out in a way that I think is good is good for our staff and is also good for fans to not feel like they have to be out here every weekend, but we're spaced out enough that they need to be out here every month at least. That that does sound like a great well, schedule and and send the names of the people who would complain, dare complain about being at the IMS every weekend. <laughs> right. Oh uh, yeah, I'm like I I love a reason to come to the track every month. Yeah, you know the the one th honestly the the one thing I'm really looking forward to is so we have uh, 
we'll have an open test here in April on the on the oval. So two days in early April. I'm actually really looking forward to that. I'm just really hoping that we're in a situation where um, obviously we're still probably in a situation where social distancing is important and wearing masks and those things are still important. But hopefully in a control of, in a in a in a space in a time where we can have fans out and we can sit on the spectator mount and turn to and watch cars run around and go oh my gosh it's almost may and i can bring donuts out to fans and and chris blair from from gateway can come over and set up a tent <laughs> remind people they got to go to the gateway race and you know all the fun stuff that that is the kickoff of the season and and yeah. seeing fans that you haven't seen for a few months sitting on the mounds and turn to so that's you know that's i'm really hoping that that's a you know, that we're in a spot where we can do that this year. Absolutely. That is the moment where everything yeah. feels regular. That first moment you just sit at the turn two mound and you're like, all right. Yep. Okay. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. You're like, all right. It has, it has begun. Absolutely. Uh, which Chris Blair, by the way, um, I know you mentioned we have a lot of, a lot of great, um, say fellow track presidents and, and promoters, et cetera. But man, he does an awesome job. Um, he actually dropped by my mom's the morning of the 500 this year. That's awesome. No, uh, we, had, we had tweeted at him and, you know, then I sent him a direct message and I was like, seriously, if you want to stop by, I'm like, we're having breakfast. We got people bringing food all day long. Like, yeah. come on by and grab something to eat before you go and hang with the fans on 16th Street. And he actually came out. We, you know, we've had a really good relationship with Curtis Francois, who owns the Speedway, and with with Chris. And I think I think we hit it off. We hit it off immediately because we both love fans so much, right? And we both care so yeah. much about trying to make the fan experience better. And you know, tip, typically, you know, he he's not sending somebody else out to talk to the fans, and I'm the same, right? And so the two of us just really hit it off, and and have just traded stories and. And we we trade mailing lists and connect people with folks, and it just we we want each other to be so successful, and we care so much about the fans. It's it's been a fun relationship to have, um, and they love IndyCar racing, right? I mean, that's the other thing. I mean, they yeah. Curtis and Chris love IndyCar racing, so it's pretty easy to to get along with them, and it's a it's a great race, honestly. And it, for people that haven't been to Gateway, it's one that they should put on their on their bucket list because it's a not a terrible drive, and uh, it's a fun race. And there's a couple of casinos. Yes, there are. Yes. <laughs> that is that is always part of our weekend. Yeah. <laughs> uh, even this year, <laughs> just tons of hand sanitizer and masks. Yeah. No, okay. it's okay. It's funny like, how no. I realized the other day that that I'm to the. It just hit me that I'm I'm it's I'm now used to. I walked out of the office. Uh, one evening going home and I got in my car and I started driving away and I realized I was still wearing my mask and I thought, okay, so I'm getting used to this. And, you know, and, and basically every little compartment in my, in my truck, I have, you know, hand sanitizer. So it's just become, it's just become part of our daily lives, I guess. And, and we just hope, you know, like I said, we just hope we get to a spot where we can get back to what we, what's a little more normal and certainly have, have fans here. Absolutely. Well, and I think that, you know, I think we're, because we're gonna we're gonna come to that you know herd immunity place from two different aspects. One would be people who have already had COVID um, and have recovered, and then other being people who are vaccinated. And so we're coming at it from two different angles. Unfortunately, we we, we prefer to be heavier on the vaccinated side than the people who right. have had it. Um, but I think that is going to help in us you know getting back to, to some type of normalcy. And I will say, as a nurse. 
Um, I know it, it was kind of like a, a non-announcement announcement that was made, but I want to say thank you to um, IMS and all of IndyCar leadership that did not try to cut the line by getting a vaccine <laughs> before they were allotted one. So, Yes, um, we have. We have. That, that is something that makes makes a big difference to me personally. <laughs> we are we are definitely uh, waiting in line and uh, uh, looking forward to uh, the day that we're uh, able to go to go get them. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, we we will uh, we'll be there when it's time. I'm. I just hope. Hopefully, we can continue to take care of the people, you know, frontline workers that obviously need it, and then. And then our elderly who are most uh, susceptible to the um, to the virus. So I know we're Absolutely. patiently working through that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think actually my, my parents my parents got theirs. My parents are both. My mom will be eighty this month, and my dad will be eighty in October. But they got theirs, and I was excited that they haven't had their second dose yet. That's coming, but uh, excited that uh, that they're getting it. So that's that's good. I was. Not sure whether or not they'd be on, whether or not they'd be ready to get it as soon as they could, or whether they'd want to wait and see what was happening. But the mm. the day that uh, they, they lowered it to seventy years old, my folks signed up, and a few days later they got their first round. So I'm excited for them. That's awesome. I think, I think that's also what happened to my to my parents. It's it's a nice weight off your shoulders when your parents get the vaccine. You're like, okay, at least you're fine. Uh, it's funny you say that because I don't know that I would have thought that it would have it would have felt that way for me, but there was, there was some, it was like, okay, well, I feel, and my, and my, a lot of people in the sport know my dad, he's around all the time. And, mm-hmm. and, and my dad, it, you can't tell my dad what to do. My, and my dad is, <laughs> is out and about. And it's like, for him in a lot of ways, it's like, nothing's going on. I mean, he wears his mask and does that, but it's not like he stayed in his house. Mm-hmm. And so for me, the fact when when they got that, I was like, wow! It just, there's some peace in knowing that now that if he's going to stay out and do his thing, yeah. um, at least we've got that piece through there. So that's that's good. Yeah. No, I that's I awesome. get that feeling. Yeah. No, I, so, I say I felt relief when when your dad got his vaccine too, Molly. I was like, okay, <laughs> all right. Because if anybody has cabin fever this year, it is chick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. With that lung transplant. He couldn't risk anything. So we had a, you know, a COVID safe Indy 500 celebration this year. And, um, you know, our, our race family from Pennsylvania, the pain tour, um, they had seven, seven of them that came out. They called themselves the Magnificent Seven. Um, and then, you know, just some of our, some of our regulars every year and Molly's older sister came out and, um, and so I had sent out an email cause there were some people that were friends with our Pennsylvania friends locally that I didn't really know. And so I just wanted to kind of manage expectations, um, cause nobody was allowed into like the regular part of my mom's house. We used the basement toilet so that like nobody would be <laughs> breathing her air and touching her things. And um, and I was like, you must wear a mask when you go inside and this and this. And then I was like, also, this one's non-negotiable. I don't care if you're outside or not. When Chick shows up, you put your mask on. <laughs> and the funniest part is that Chick shows up, sees everybody else is wearing a mask, and then he just drops his. Yeah. yeah. He's so crazy. <laughs> he so was fun. like, oh, well, I'm covered. That's crazy. Oh, but yeah, I was like, I mean, outside you're definitely safer, but I'm like, I will not be the reason. My party will not be the reason <laughs> for yeah. to get some. Yep, I, that's oh. a wise move. <laughs> oh, but you, 
you mentioned going back to the schedule, the like the IndyCar, NASCAR, triple header. How do you, you know, we've been talking about that, thinking about it. I mean, obviously, like IndyCar fans are going to show for IndyCar, but do you, how do you expect the crossover? Do you think a lot of IndyCar fans will stay for the NASCAR event and, and vice versa? Or will it be like a rumble? Um, maybe like a little Jets versus Sharks action going on? Yeah, I, I, I hope there's not a rumble. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> not sure, not sure that not sure that we need to do that as race fans, even if we're not uh, fans of one ser- uh, of all the series. I think sure. it's important that as race fans we we protect each other and just help our sport. So I'm hoping that's that's where we are. You know, uh, when NBC Sports uh, took over the IndyCar broadcasts in the fall, before that happened, they had an NBC Sports Motorsports Summit uh, out east, and they invited all of their motorsport properties. Uh, to come and be part of it. So every everything that was covered on on NBC or NBCSN, including like Meekum Auctions and some of the mm. motorcycle stuff they had, and flat track, you know, a lot of a lot of that. We were all out there, and and they presented to the industry really as a whole. And one of the things that they threw out is how for them they really thought it would be great if there was a way to have an, a doubleheader NASCAR mm. Cup and IndyCar on the same weekend at the same racetrack. And at that point in time, you know, people talked about, you know, Eddie Gossage was pretty vocal about about it being a Texas Motor Speedway. You know, Pocono was interested in, and secretly, I, I wanted it to be here. So when when we got back home, I told Mark, I said I'd love to figure out a way to do that. And and you know, Mark was supportive, and but we also were not sure how that was going to work or or what event it could be because it certainly wasn't going to work in May. And at that point in time, the IndyCar, the IndyCar schedule didn't have an opening where we could have put it on a NASCAR weekend. So there were a lot of challenges mm. to get there. So the one one really good thing that came out of COVID was the fact that we needed a place to put the GMR Grand Prix. NASCAR was running here on 4th of July, and we'd made the announcement that we'd be in road course configurations for Xfinity. So we got to do it last year, unfortunately, without fans. So this year yeah. I'm excited because, you know, with fans, what I would encourage an IndyCar fan to do if you didn't see the Xfinity race that Chase Briscoe won here on the road course last year, go find it on YouTube or wherever and watch the last five laps of that race. It was an outstanding uh, race, a lot of fun. Yeah. And I think the cup, I think the cup race will be the same. And so, so Saturday of that weekend is going to be um, Xfinity qualifying and Xfinity race cup practice and an IndyCar race all on the same day. That Saturday is going to be an unbelievable day not to, not to miss. And, and I think people, will, and, and it'll be great racing throughout, you know, throughout the two races you see. And I think, the, I think the first, the first day the cup drivers are on course is going to be a blast, right? Because they will have never been yeah. here before. They're going to miss break, breaking points. They're going to miss turning points like you do when you first start learning a racetrack. And so from a, from a, Fan standpoint, I think it'll be a pretty entertaining day. And then Sunday this year for the the, the Cup race, will you know they're going to qualify and race on the same day, which will be fun. A lot of the things we've done the last few years with the Cup race has been nothing but the race. So to have to have both earlier start this year, so it'll be better for fans to get in and get out and not have to get home late on a Sunday night for that. So I'm hoping we can get get people to stay. Uh, I do think it's going to be a lot of fun, and and I look forward to. Here in the fan feedback, there are a lot of opinions on the front end, right? Of some people, you know, they're all over the spectrum. How dare yeah. you not run on the oval? How dare you run on the oval? How dare you have cup anyway? You know, all the different things that are, that are that you hear from fans 
I just hope fans give us a, give this one a chance, and then I'll look forward to hearing from from fans after they've given it a chance, and we'll see see what the future holds. Absolutely. Right. Well, and Molly and I always joke that you know the worst thing you can do for motorsports fans is give them exactly what they ask for. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's one well, of those like damned if you do, damned if you don't. There's, there's always you know, something to be upset. But here's here's how I look at that, and I and I'm a fan, right? Um, we're so passionate about our sport and we understand our sport a lot and we're opinionated about our sport and we're not afraid to give our opinions. And that's really <laughs> what makes, it's really what makes our sport great. And you may not agree with what everybody says, but I, I, I'll take passionate, opinionated fans all day long over people who are ho-hum and don't really care about it. So I, I can get, it certainly can get frustrating when, when there's just the negativity that happens out there, but I try and look at it as the glass half full. These are people that care about our sport. They have an opinion. They invest their time and their money and their energy uh, in it. It's a lot better than having people who could care less about it. So um, that's very true. Know, br- bring the bring it, bring the comments on all day long because <laughs> seriously, it, it is what makes our sport special and our fans special. It, I I absolutely agree. Um, we are we are definitely not fair weather fans. We uh we are not just <laughs> a lot of or lukewarm or any of that. A lot of passion. Uh, and uh, a lot uh, of uh, all, all that of, like legacy fans too. Oh, Everybody's sure. always got a story of you know grandma grandpa took me to a racetrack yep. and this is why we always root for Chip Ganassi and yep. you know yeah and that's part of the reason too why when when change happens. It's really difficult for people because, part, especially at, this, at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, because part of what makes this place special is every May when you walk in here, you do remember. And I, heck, I remember every day when I come to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway to work. I remember the first time walking through the front gate with my dad for my first race and the emotions I had and how much fun it was to be with my dad at the Speedway watching A.J. Foyt win his fourth Indianapolis 500. And when... And so when you come back year after year after year and you sit in the same seats and then you lose family members who may have been in those seats with you and you replace them with a younger family member, you know, you start changing some of that tradition. It's it's hard, right? Because what makes it special is you show up every year and it's, man, this is the place my dad brought me to. And the seat looks pretty much like the seat did when, and that's why even in Project 100, when we did all the things in Project 100, we talked at one point about, do you tear down the front stretch and build a brand new grandstand? Well, the answer is no. Because that brand new grandstand doesn't feel like the grandstand that grandpa or my brother or my dad or whoever introduced me to. So, you know, when we put the green chairs in the upper deck, got rid of the benches and put those green chairs up there, um, one of the consultants who was working with us said, now, you know, what racetracks do is they put these spotted chairs up there. I'm, I'm like, we're not putting spotted chairs at the speedway. We're Green is our color here. And so we're going to at least try and stay true to you know, to some of the things that make us make us different and special. And, and that's I do think that's part of the reason that fans get emotional about even subtle changes in the way, you know, in the way you go forward. Absolutely. And I will say Molly and I both fully support not doing the spotted chairs up there because <laughs> we don't need them at our track. We don't we don't need chairs that look like somebody's sitting in them because for the 500, like they're full. But but honestly, I, I 100% agree with it. But even on races, it's not full. I don't. I want it to look like the yeah, like, Indianapolis Motor Speedway, exactly. not like yep. something else. So mm-hmm. so um, you know that's kind of why we 
said, no, you know, it's okay. It, it, and if we have a race where we don't fill up all the seats, it's okay. This is, this, we are who we are and we're going to be proud of who we are. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. All right. Well, we'll do one more question and we'll let you go because we know you're a busy man. <laughs> so, Molly. Oh, all right. I get to ask it. All right. We're gonna we're gonna put you on the spot here. It's a two-parter. All right. Okay. With with your gut, because we know with your heart who you want. That's we get that. Uh, but with your gut, who's gonna get pole and who's gonna win the 500 this year? Oh man. Um. <laughs> well, first of all, the first thing I think about when you say that is last year. Um, and one of the, yeah. I, I wish, I wish Marco Andretti could win the poll with 50,000 people in the venue instead of winning the mm. poll with mm. a, a thousand people outside the gates, kind of listening and watching what they could see on the video board. It was one of the more magical moments of the, oh. uh, of May for me was, I, you know, I've had a tradition really since I've been president where Carter and I typically go down into turn one in the upper deck and sit and watch the fast nine um, down there. And this year I thought I'm going to do the same thing, but in order to do it, I had to go outside. So I went and stood in the, in the, in the lot across the street from tunnel two right there between the uh, turns one and two in the short shoot and, and hung out with the fans and just to hear the fans just go crazy when Marco won was yeah. pretty magical. And at the same time, it was kind of sad because I, you know, for, for a name that's meant so much to race fans in this facility to sit on the pole and for Marco not to really get to experience it, um, man, I and wish. Not, and, yeah, not get to hear everybody in the stands cheer and yeah. echo. And I, I, I really wish he could, he could, he could experience, you know, get a second one in a row just to experience that. You know, um, I think for me, it's still too early to tell where, <laughs> yeah. where we're going to be on, on an Indy 500 winner, but I, it's really hard to root against, or pick against, I guess root against isn't the right, but to pick against, you know, a, a Penske or a Ganassi or, or an Andretti driver, just because the the, the resources uh, that those teams have. Um, and I, I would, I would be really surprised if Chevy wasn't back really trying hard after not uh -huh. um, getting the pole last year. So I think it'd be interesting to see what Chevy's done in the off season. Yeah, um, I agree. So, you know, but, the, you know, obviously the stepdad in me has one person he'd certainly love to see win the Indianapolis 500 and Connor, but, and even as a promoter, I mean, a local kid winning the Indy 500, Ed Carpenter mm. winning the Indy 500, the, this place oh would goodness. erupt, right? I mean, oh, um, it would, it, it might be, it might rival the crowd when Tony Kanan won. It, it might or, or, or even be like higher because, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, you think about just the you know the, the the local boy factor with either one of those guys on that on that team um there's just so there's so many great stories in the paddock right now that that yeah. uh there's really not a not a not a bad one I, you know even you, know, you start thinking about um just even the some of the one off drivers winning would be you know, would be a pretty cool thing um although yeah. it's always good to have a full time guy win cuz then the other promoters can promote that the Indy 500 winners at their place so I, you know, I'll, I'll give you a prediction as we get closer, but let a little bit of the at least the preseason <laughs> testing get under our belt. Sure. I'm, it's, I'm not trying. I'm not trying to dodge your question. I just don't even know where to begin yet. No. Oh, oh you early. are dodging. That is a that's a non-answer answer. <laughs> I, Very I lawyer he, of you. I'm just getting ready to run for office. <laughs> there you go. Well, all right, we're we're on for your campaign. <laughs> awesome. Say, awesome. I believe we both said that we would absolutely vote for you. Um, mm -hmm. 
Well, I'm I, I pretty much enjoy my my uh, my my job here and and uh, the, my constituents in the uh, 300,000 plus Indy 500 fans. I, hopefully, I can continue to continue to be reelected by them. You know, I don't know if you saw it, but we actually did a poll um, about who everybody's favorite president was of the different tracks. Yep. Did you see this on Twitter? I didn't. Okay. Mm. So we said, who is your favorite track president? A, Doug Bowles, because I like his suits. (laughs) (laughs) B, Doug Bowles, he brings longs and Miller Lite. (laughs) Not I mean, not always together. They don't. It, those are separate. I bring longs, and then later I bring the Miller Lite. I don't bring. Yeah. <laughs> it was like C. Doug Bowles, because I love his wife Beth. Every answer was you, but you you won overwhelmingly. Well, I hope the answer was C that that won that because that's 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 the that's the one positive quality that I have is is that one. So, um, and and I and I hope people know I wear the suit because the brand deserves it. If I if yeah. if I wasn't representing the brand specifically, I would be in a pair of jeans and a t-shirt that had some sort of Indianapolis Motor Speedway logo on it. But um, sure. I wouldn't. The, the tie is all about this place means so much to so many people, and when I yeah, I'm fortunate enough to represent it, and and the only I just feel like it deserves it deserves the respect of a tie. And I know a tie isn't the hippest thing in the world, but it to me it just sends the I hope it sends the message that I really care about this place, and I know this place means an awful lot to people. And and if I'm going to represent it, I'm going to take the trouble to put a tie on every day. I I love that. Um, the year I graduated from high or not from high school, the year I graduated from college. And I saw that you had tweeted a photo, I think, in the last two weeks, talking about how you love how people used to dress up for the 500. Yep. And in my mom's, um, in the half bath on the first floor, that's our Indy 500 bathroom, and it's all checkered out and has these great 8x10 black and white photos of my mom and her siblings and family and friends going to the 500, um, you know, from the 60s and 70s. And you know, I'd seen these photos for years and, you know, some of the, some of the, the women in these photos, it looks like they got their hair done, like they're going to prom and they were just coming to the Indy 500. And so I just, I, you know, had seen all that. And I finally thought at some point, you know what, I want to bring some of the pageantry back, like in my own attendance. And that is the story of how wearing a checkered dress on race day started yep. for me. Um, and so Molly and I both do that. And I'm like, it's race day. It's important. Like, no, we're we're dressing up a little bit. It doesn't matter that I've been camping at Mud, Ohio for four days, and that my feet are so dirty. Um, I'm putting on a dress on race day because that's what we do. Yep. No, I, I I appreciate that you guys do that, and 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 I'm not, and I I'm happy with the fan that shows up in his uh, his tank top and his cut off jorts, right? I mean, yeah. I, that's that's part of the experience, but but I also there's something to be said for. You know this this place means an awful lot, and and you know you you guys get it, and and uh, and certainly for me it just is a it's it's my way of showing the fans that that we appreciate everything they've done, and if I'm gonna if I'm gonna represent this place on behalf of the 300,000 plus that are here every day, I'm putting a tie on. Makes sense to me. Oh, well, I appreciate all you guys continue to do for for the sport and the fun you guys have with it. I mean, that's the other thing. It's important that we all just continue to remember, even when we have those opinions that we just talked about a little while ago, that it is it is fun and 
It should be an escape for all of us. And I try and personally, I try and keep politics out of it and keep focus on the fun side and the on track stuff and the personalities in the sport. And and uh, hopefully this place can can continue to be an escape for people and can be a place that, you know, people are passing down generation to generation so that uh, long after I'm gone and others are gone, this place is still thriving and a place that people can't wait to get to every May. Well, and I think there's nothing more. else that can be can be said. That was perfect. Yeah. On on that note, we'll go ahead and end. Um, <laughs> you guys know where to find us on social. Everything's linked to our website, www.fastcarsfastgirls.com. And, of course, you can find Mr. Doug Bowles on Twitter. Um, what are you, at J Douglas 4 There we go. And I'm on Instagram, too. I can't quite figure Instagram out. Molly can tutor you in that. She is an expert. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I need to get better at it. that because it seems. I love the photo. I'm working on it. It's not, well, there you go. There's yeah. your 2021 goal. I, I <laughs> there you go. Yep. All right. So, thank all right. Well, so thank you again much. so very much. Always Thanks, a Abby. pleasure. Thanks, Molly. I appreciate it. Thank you. And um, give Beth our love. You got it. All right. Bye. All right.